Trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, live from ZeroCon 2020. We are here with Mark Rees, the CTO, Chief Technology Officer of Zero. Uh, Mark, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. It's great, great to be talking to you. Yeah. So, tell us about what is the role of a Chief Technology Officer and what is sort of in your control or not yeah, control <laughs> as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. So my job at Zero is basically to look after everyone who does anything to do with technology. So that ranges from the teams that look after security, teams that build the product, as well as all the internal technology we have for running Zero. And I think about the job is kind of two, there's two main things I focus on. One is we, we run software, pretty important software for lots of people now. So operating it stably, in a trusted way, that's kind of one part of my job. The other one is to drive us forward, like to help build things, to help innovate, to help the way we work better. So there's the kind of innovation and change, and then there's running a stable service. And, and sometimes there are, there's a little bit of balance and friction between those two things. Totally. So I, I mean, to me, I guess in my head, I'm picturing it a bit like an iceberg. There's a lot, there's sort of a, a, a little bit we see yeah. above the water, yeah. but there's probably a whole lot of secu the security side yeah below the water. What, when you're allocating resources, what's the, and, and, it, and I guess it might change over time, but what is the sort of allocation in a percentage sense if there is about user-facing features versus security and stabilization? Because yeah. I know that's been a focus. Sure, no, there's, there's actually, and it actually depends on the product. Like, so if you're starting a new product, say we're building out some filling in financial services, which is new, doesn't have a big customer base, then it'll be quite small, and we can focus on what we call growth-related work, and then for a you know an older product that's got millions of customers like AU payroll, AU tax, invoicing, etc., then it's a lot more run. Yep. There's um, a lot involved in scaling it as well to keep up with the growth, and then less in the actual growth new features work. Yeah. Because I guess a lot of people that use Zero, or all we care about is the is is the features, but that's well, you often care, you care about, uh, until the service is not there, right? Like so, so that my job is to kind of balance out those things because people want new features, but they also want to serve. There's no point. We tell all our teams like stability, it's feature zero, right? Because no one can access your innovation if it's not there. Right? When the system goes down. What, what's the, what's the, what's that six hours look like? Not that it's down for six hours, but what what happens? Talk me through the you know not you know the details, but but talk me through what what that feels like. Yeah, it's, it's um, we're actually um, we actually have a dedicated team that's responsible for coordinating the process around it, um, and so it's it's a well-oiled machine. But it it's like the whole building goes quiet though, <laughs> like it's a really unnerving it's an unnerving feeling, and it kind of goes to the company it's the kind of the worst it's the worst time actually yeah. to be honest so i'm kind of picturing like you know like president of the united states if you're asleep do you get woken up if it goes down yeah there you yeah. go yeah i get i mean we have a <laughs> we we call and page a group of the leadership team if something like if there's a what we class as a critical incident anytime yeah. day or night yeah that does, i mean that's wake my, people up particularly me that, that's my my job is to run that i mean that doesn't happen um yeah but but it is like i mean that's that's, that's what we talk to our teams about, is there's the most important job for everyone, product manager or engineer, is keeping the site, site stable and secure. So, because our product is one where there's real moments that matter as well. Like, you know, if you're end of the tax year or you're gonna pay your staff, then the, it, it's really important to our customers that the site's available. Talk us through a little bit of the process about the, the way 
the restraints of technology yeah. come up against or get managed with the client experience team that want it to look and feel a certain way yeah. or users that, you know, yeah. loudly in my case, want, want new features. Yeah. You know, how does that, how do you manage the, I guess, there's only so many things, so much the tech can do, but sure. how far do you push that to a customer experience point or a feature point? So you mean, is it, is it, there's a few, couple of views on that. Is it like how we allocate resources between if, those? If or people come like, to you with a feature and you go yeah. like from a tech point, that just doesn't yeah. work. Or like, oh, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or like how far do you kind of... Yeah, mo most of the time it's like, um, most of the time it's like, it's not, no, you can't do that. Because there's lots of things we can do. It's more, this is how long, this will, this might take longer than you think. And it's kind of, there's a bit of a paradox. Quite often the things you think are easy are hard and the hard things are easy. Like, you know, like it's, so we, um, we do a bunch of discovery on, you know, a product manager or a product team will propose an idea, do a bunch of customer research, they do some design, and we do tech feasibility on it. Like, here's, here's how we do this. Here's the things that need to be done before you can do that sometimes. Um, and, you know, it's not a, you can't really just throw things out at our scale. Like, you know, like there's, if there's a million customers using something, then you need to make sure you've thought it through well. So there's a bit of time involved in thinking that through. Let's switch gears a moment, and I want to talk about AI. Yeah. AI is probably the biggest yeah. buzzword. Um, I kind of feel like we've heard so much about it, but I'll put my hand up. I have no idea sure. whether or not, what, what it looks like, <laughs> when it happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I see everything in a tech sense because I'm a troglodyte, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the tech side. I see everything as a giant if function in Excel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if this, then what. So t tell us about what is AI? Yeah, yeah. And either inside zero or just in general. Sure. When do we? When can we identify it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's a great question, and so I like. I think AI is a an approach to solving a problem. Normally, you don't write down exactly the if then else statements. You you train the computer to solve it for you. So it becomes quite a black box, right? Mm -hmm. So you feed data in, you validate whether it's getting the answer right, and then it kind of unpacks an answer of itself. Like we, we, we use AI in three kind of broad places. One is a lot of accounting and a lot of the way small businesses work is still, you know, like PDF documents and email. And we want to help them get the data into zero. So there's a lot of work we do to extract information out of documents mm -hmm. to get it into zero. So the HubDoc technology we bought that we've turned into, into something we use called the Document Extraction API, which shows up in all the products really it's focused on streamlining getting data into zero. So that's the first bucket of work. The second bucket is basically a matching problem, which is the heart of zero. It's like the bank wreck, two sides of the bank wreck. How can we do that automatically? That's a machine learning problem. And then the last thing, and this is what a lot of the talk about AI is really is like, how do you look into the future? How do you predict what's gonna come? Kind of what if analysis. Paradoxically, AI is hard to identify because it ends up building quite intuitive solutions like all the if you stand back out of zero you think all the work on vision computer vision natural language gesturing that's all the class of problem yeah. that we solve through machine learning it's normally it's normally teaching computers to do the things that we are naturally good at as humans is the kind of thing you use ai for but we use we use a lot of ai so if i was if i was looking at a zero screen what what screens would i what are some examples at the user experience end sure. or that I would see that 
under the hood, you would say, well, we've used AI to get there. Well, I mean, the, the best examples of those ones to do with document extraction. Like, so if you take the expenses app and you take a photo of a receipt, and the receipt or, in, or the data is extracted out of the receipt into Zero, that's AI. That's like, AI. Yeah, in our, in our new, like, in our new computer, um, and sorry, in our new product we launched in Zero Go, that's got a that receipt catcher thing. That's all AI. So it looks at the document, it works out what document it is. Is it a bill? Is it an invoice? Is it a receipt? Oh. And then it looks at it and goes. Uh, let's say receipts are a great example because receipts are roughly the same, but they're all kind of different. And they're crumpled, and they're, the text isn't clear. So you know you have to work out where the amount is, where the contact detail is, what company it comes from, and that's all done by AI. Yeah. yeah. I never thought of that. There you go. Yeah. I always in my head pictured like you know you know when you take PDF and you export to Word, yeah. and like the text just appears. Anyway, so yeah, no, yeah. No, I, lo I love it. I love it. So and the and the bank rec's gone quite through quite a technology change, a change in the AI sense as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, that's. That's an area where there's a lot of opportunity with AI. We think we can get to the point where we can replace most of the manual steps with that, with the automatic, you know, with AI. And it'll, get, it'll be the world where you deal with the exceptions in the bank rec rather than the default thing. Because people love bank rec, that's great, but we, we think we can really progress it through that kind of matching technology, which is an AI-based thing. Um, that, that actually is it's a really interesting technical problem because it involves, involves the graph the zero graph of all the customers and their customers to work out the, who the contact is on both sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the things that, um, I forgot my train of thought. Anyway, I had another question about the, uh, about the anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, Marguerite, how are you finding Xerocon? Oh, it's great. <laughs> I mean, like I've been lucky enough to go to, uh, to the Xerocon in London and in New Orleans and here. And it's so good to be talking to people in, in, in person. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a pretty special. This floor is awesome. The venue's great, and it's just yeah, it's been fantastic so far. Right. Since you've been to all of them, parochial question: Which one is the best? This one. This one's great. <laughs> right. Well, correct answer. Uh, uh, we won't say whether or not you've answered all, that. They're all. They're all great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this one certainly is big. So, uh, Bakri, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thanks. Thanks, great to talk to you, Paul. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter, at Paul Meissner underscore, or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter, at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the Trenches.